What's going on, everybody? want to welcome you to this episode of the Geek Salad Podcast. My name is Christopher Arye Quest. I got my homeboy, G, on the other line. Yo, G, say what's up. Boom, boom, boom. What's up, family? <laughs> welcome back to episode eight of Geek Salad. This nigga said boom, boom, boom. Hilarious. Off the rip. Off the rip. Like, That's right, man. Coming with comedy. Zelda. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, uh, so we want to just hop in right into it. Uh, first, you can, Jay, OMG, you know what? Give them your social medias first, man. All right, no problem. Uh, yo, you can follow me on Instagram. Everybody calls me G. That's G double E. And you can follow me on Twitter at Panama Guy. All right, cool, cool. Um, you can reach me at Instagram, really, Instagram, um, freaking Facebook. Twitter, it's all the same. It's at R-E-A Quest. That's A-R-Y-E-Q-U-E-S-T. Had a lot to get to today, so we're not going to belabor the point. First thing uh, we want to cover is the Joker movie, which I thought was really, really good. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix does this thing as really as he always does. I mean, that guy is, is great. You know, there's really no other way to put it. He's a great actor. Uh, this review is going to have, uh, you know what? This is not going to be a spoiler-free review, but it's going to be somewhat spoiler-free because I'm not really going mm-hmm. to give you the a full rundown of everything that happens in a movie, but I want to more so give you my, my thoughts on the movie. The movie is very dark. It's, it's a situation where coming in, if you've been paying attention to the previews, paying attention to what other people have been saying about it before you go see it, you're pretty much going to get a good feel for what's in store when you go to the movies. It's like, it's, it's, it's a movie for me personally that even though I really liked it and I thought it was really well made, I'm not going to go see it again. It's just because it's, it's not really high on action. It's more high on acting. It's a lot of great acting in the movie. Um, Definitely recommend it. And I think it's, it's really it, the movie goes to a place where I don't think we've ever seen a comic book movie go. It's like it's really, oh, no. yeah. It's it's really a, it's it's a comic book movie only in the sense that the the main character of the movie is coming from a comic book. But other than that, um, you know, the Joker could have just been a regular guy who had some mental issues and just gets tired of it one day and then just. Just goes off. I mean, it's just watching with Queen Phoenix in the movie is like um, he's so good at portraying the pain of the character. He's so good at that, and he looks sick. He he looks unhealthily skinny in the movie, and you know that's all done on purpose, man. So, you know, shout out to him for giving such a great performance. I think he should get some Oscar buzz about it. You know, I, I think he's right. the performance is worthy of it. Um, definitely gritty, definitely oh, dark. Yeah, um, yeah overall is a, a very good move. I would recommend it. What about you, G? Okay, this is my thing, right? I, I like the movie, not necessarily love it, but I really, really like it. I think the movie is over hype for one. And the, the whole thing with the violence and how it portrays, like, you know, some mentally ill people or the level of violence in the movie, 
for one on one hand for the, the people that are fans of the comics that that know joker like this shouldn't be a surprise like we we, we all know as fans of of the joker that he is a homicidal psychopathic right and he kills without any reason he, he's just simply kind of like you know heath ledger and dark knight just an agent of chaos but this portrayal of the joker is is more grounded so i can see how some people can become like triggered about how this movie portrays certain aspects of like real life and how you know people can can be inspired by it honestly to me i think it's bullshit just because there were tons of movies that have came out before the Joker, like prime example, Taxi Driver, or the one where he plays like the guy getting out of jail, uh, Cape Fear, Cape Cod, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, like movies should not be like the deciding factor of teaching people what's right and what's wrong. It is a work of fiction like we talked about in the, the last podcast. Ultimately, like, you know, like you, I'm on the same page of like, like, yo, man, ja Jaqueen Phoenix put his whole foot in the gumbo <laughs> as far as like acting this role. I mean, there are, you know, you, it does bring out some feelings about how this guy is being, it's being, uh, it's being treated by, you know, other people are around him. And then you see how his, uh, his uh, mental illness, you know, does you know, make him see the world in a different way. And, 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 you know, ultimately it's like, he doesn't fit in this world and he finds a way to cope with it. And, uh, and again, you know, don't want to give away too many spoilers, but then again, I mean, the movie made over like what, $90 million this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if you, if you, if you haven't seen it, you're tripping. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I keep seeing like 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 people like like oh I don't want to see the movie because how you know it may make me feel I'm like man stop stop buying into the overhyped bullshit you know what I'm saying make your own decision by watching the movie that's how you give power to people that that you know that uh but pretty much it's like you're you're giving people power to their agenda and not your own to like you know formulate your, your own uh, opinion. I mean, overall, man, like, it's, it's wild how the same director that did Old School and the Hangover Trilogy directed and co-wrote this movie as well. So props to Todd Phillips, the man behind the movie, on, on, on directing a, a beautifully shot movie, well-directed, and he gave uh, Phoenix, like, the freedom to do his own thing for this particular Joker character. And you know, like some people wanted like the Joker who's like a, you know, like a like a, a criminal mastermind. But but this is not it. This is just like a, a DC comic Elseworlds portrayal of a different Joker that's more granite in reality. And in the beginning, I was kind of like biased, like 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 yo, what the hell is uh DC doing with the movies, man? But yo, honestly, dog. I don't see Marvel taking the same risk as DC. And if DC does more stuff like this in the future, yo, I'm all for it, man. What do you think? I don't listen, I think um I think Marvel has made so much money that they won't, they're not going to risk anything. Marvel mm -hmm. is um 
they're like, yo, we made like eight billion dollars off these movies. Like, why, <laughs> right. why risk? You know, just for art's sake, you know, and just because uh-huh. we want to put out something that people are going to critically acclaim. I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about show business. It's show business, and the business that, mm. that, that Marvel yeah. is talking about is like, look. We made a couple of billion dollars off of the last Avengers movie, man. Like, why are we rocking the boat? You know, I think DC is in a unique position because over the past like five or six years, like their movies haven't have really kind of sucked for for the most part. It's been it's been a couple of bright spots here and I there, but say, yeah, for I the mean, most part, though, they suck. Man. Yeah, Let's I mean, honest. like ever since after Justice League, they've been doing good. Because think about it, you had. Aquaman, like, granted, story's not the best, mm-hmm. but dog, you can't deny how batshit crazy Aquaman is and how much fun it was watching it. Same thing with, yeah, but that's one movie, though. I'm right, talking about also, as a whole. Don't you know? forget, but true, but don't forget uh, Shazam Woman. was a fun movie. Wonder Woman <sighs> was a fun movie. You know what I'm saying? Now, now granted, Batman versus Superman was was trash. Stupid. Justice League was just trash. passable. You know what I'm saying? Trash. You got Suicide Squad. So they're pretty much, you know, at like 50. You know what I'm saying? 50% with the whole trying to bring everything together with Justice League. I like yeah, what they have see, done post Justice League. I think you're talking about 50 or or batting 500, like Major League Baseball. I don't I don't look at it like that. I think it more <laughs> is 50 percent from the free throw line, like in the NBA, uh-huh. which is horrible. That's what I think they are. And like when you're talking about the most popular characters in the world, superhero characters, Batman and Superman are number one and number two. You can't make an argument for nowhere, no one else in the top two. And when you go to number three, you probably could say, you could bring in a Marvel character. You could probably say like a Spider-Man, you know, yeah. maybe even a Captain America somewhere in the top five, right. maybe. But the top two that. superheroes, come on, man. You can ask any kid now. You can ask any adult that's in their 60s or 70s. If you had to pick the top two most famous superheroes of all time is Batman and Superman. And somehow DC managed to f up they move <laughs> f up they movies man they had opportunities and like they they blew it now being a fan of the genre i'm never going to stop going to dc movies just because i don't know how long this is going to last it might last exactly. you know a couple right. of more years it might be an indefinite you know new drama i mean new category that just stays mm-hmm. forever i don't know i just know when i was a kid coming up we didn't have really a lot of comic book movies. And as a kid who loved comic books and comic book characters from both DC and Marvel, this is always a dream of mine. So I'm going to go see it. Even if I have low expectations because it's a DC movie, I'll go just to see where they messed up. I'm that much of a fan. I'll pay my $10 for the ticket and I'll go just to see, you know, if they mess it up. And then, you know, hope to be pleasantly surprised if they actually got it right, which they do 50% of the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's like comparing Marvel to the MCU is like apples and oranges. I like how DC is like bouncing back with, you know, Aquaman, Shazam, and doing something, doing a complete left turn with Joker. And how, you know, it's just a self-contained movie. 
And, and and for real, man, real talk, if you took away the whole Joker aspect away from the movie, it's still, to itself, a dope movie. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Kind of like I, I think, Boom. Exactly, right? Like, yeah. if you take away the whole mutant aspect away from Logan, it was still a great movie in itself. Maybe not as great as Joker, you know, which is a story for another time. And, and you know, later on, I did want to, you know, like a... a, a uh, pick apart like who was the best Joker out of all of the movies? Was it Jack Nicholson? Was it Heath Ledger? Was it Peace? Or was it Phoenix? You know what it's I'm not, saying? To me, you know what? I think let's touch on that for a second. The, all right, I, is that even? I don't even think that's a fair question. And the reason I say that is because the other people who portrayed the Joker, the Joker was just the bad guy in the movie. It's like with this movie, the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. It's like he is the movie. He's the main character. Yeah. So true. I think you would have to like it would have to be an apples to apples thing. Like I would have to see Jack Nicholson in it back. You know, I don't even really want to say in his prime because like in the late eighties he probably he was still older at that point in time. But but he was. Let me see him shit, do a a whole movie where he's not just kind of drawing off of the um whatever the actor who played the Joker. And the 60s Batman TV show, uh, you know, because right. his performance, Nicholson's performance was definitely impacted by that. Because really, that was the last time we saw the Joker before Jack Nicholson played the Joker in Batman in the 80s. The last time we saw the Joker was live on action. the 60s live action show. Right. So right. it's a lot of parallels in, the, in those characters. But like, if you want to say, hey, Jack, no, we want you to be serious. We want you to act like you're a, a mental patient. You want We want you to act really, really disturbed. And like, here's a two and a half hour movie. Go do it. I wow. I would actually love to see that. Um, Heath Ledger too. I mean, you saw what Heath Ledger did. Like, you know, in that movie, he was really the star of that movie. Mm. But we didn't get to see him for two and a half hours, like we seen with Joaquin Phoenix. Like, what would that performance look like? So I, don't even, I think the only thing that we can agree on is, you know, Jared Leto's, you know, portrayal of the Joker, Joker is probably like, <laughs> I'm not going to call it bad. I know how you feel. I'm not going to call it bad. I'm just right. going to say, like, mm. he had, like, the smallest role of all of the Jokers that we've seen over the past 20 or 30 True. years in an actual live-action movie. And I could, I'm going to put his, his performance at the bottom. Which ain't necessarily an insult, because he's talking about going against Joaquin Phoenix. He's talking about going against Heath Ledger and his his uh his posthumous performance, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It came out after he died. You're talking about Jack yeah. Nicholson, who if he don't got Oscars, I know he's been nominated for Oscars. Like, you're talking about great actors, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What What it's, do you uh, think? What do you think? If somebody, I mean, if those other two actors got to have their own movie, the same way that Joaquin Phoenix, the if Jack Nicholson got to do it, and if Heath Ledger got to do it for two and a half hours, like what do you think right. the outcome would be? That's tough, man, because both of them guys, both of them do have dramatic chops. Like, you can't, if you're a, a fan of film, you know that all all three actors can, can act their ass off, no matter what, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say in, in hindsight, like, like, who would do better. But I just think on a surface level, just each take on the Joker, the one that I... Personally, the one that I find entertaining to me was Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger gave you the fun, he gave you the dark, he gave you the the weird, and he gave you the mystery. 
That's what I like about that version of the Joker. And then Jaquin was just more of, here is an example of a man having a really bad life. And how he learns things about his life that makes it even better. And then you see that snap that makes him into the Joker. Then you got Jack Nicholson, who you know how, you see how you know he was a hitman for the gang, whatever. He, he gets dropped into a, a bow. I mean, a bucket full of green goo, whatever, then becomes the Joker. And then from there, you just see Jack just really like having fun playing with that character, which is which is dope. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's still Heath Ledger, but I still can't downplay what the other actors did to bring life into their version of the Joker. So overall, man, uh, round of applause to uh, the Joker being the most overhyped movie of this year, hands down, to me, anyways. Okay, so you saying it didn't? Are you saying it didn't live up to the hype? Oh no, it, it's it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I think okay. the movie was being overhyped for the wrong reasons. Because remember, oh, okay, the movie was okay. right. It wasn't yeah. being hyped because it was a good movie. It was being hyped because of all of the controversies surrounding the movie. You've seen right. it, you know, like like don't come to the theater dressed as clowns. You know, we, you know, we got people that are incels, which I never even heard of the word uh, incels, which is like pretty much like, a, I guess, white males who are so, I guess, vowed to being like a Joker-esque character that, you know, they may do some harm to other people. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, you got people that have been affected, you know, by like the, uh, like the theater shootings, the Aurora shootings, you know, and they're saying how like, you know, like the, the the uh mark warner brothers should you know like have a like a disclaimer about this movie or they should do more to you know help out with people that have become like a, a victim of deaths uh, of i guess of, of gun crimes whatever so you get all this stuff man so running the movie and i think that's what really got the movie like over to me over hype for people to see for themselves like what the movie is about you know what I mean? So I agree. That's why I think it's the it's the most overhyped movie of the year, but still, just on a film level, it is still a great movie. Not perfect, but great movie overall. I agree. I agree. To switch gears a little bit, uh, we're talking about shootings. Um, mm. Recently, Amber Geiger. Uh, for those of you somehow, if you if you don't know. Amber Geiger is a police officer, former police officer in the Dallas area. And Texas. after a long shift, supposedly long shift at, 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 you know, on duty, she comes back, she goes into an apartment building that she thinks is hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a gentleman there eating a bowl of ice cream. Mm-hmm. She supposedly uh, thinks she's in her own apartment she opens fire on a gentleman and kills him dead after realizing again supposedly because i don't i think it's more to the story after realizing it she calls 911 she says she's more or less thinks that or thought that she was in her own apartment and somebody was breaking in and mm-hmm. in actuality she just broke into a brother's um apartment and and killed him so now and we we're talking about this earlier because we know the conviction came down. I want to say it was last week. It actually came down. 
but we were a little confused as to what she was actually on trial for. So through the magic of Google, we looked that up in a minute and she was on trial as she should be for murder. And somehow, even after being convicted of murder, she's only sentenced to 10 years in prison and which is a slap in the face right then and there. But then she has a ability to cut that 10 years down to five years of good behavior. G, what are your thoughts on the Amber Geiger trial? Man, there was so much surrounding this case from the sentencing to the bailiff, the brother, the judge, you know, uh, giving her some comfort in, in her time of, of sentencing to, you know, uh, one of the witnesses dying very violently, you know, uh, just a week later after the uh, the case, you know, was finished, man. Um, to kind of circle back to to Amber, you know, it, it's been talked about for for weeks now as it, it came down to her her verdict, she's found guilty. And what made it so odd, man, was that she was giving. I, I think the prosecutor was 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 trying to go for at least like 20 years right but instead she was given like a spread of of five years up to 99 years i have never seen that ever <laughs> in my life where you just get like a, a long ass range you know normally you know from movies into like actual cases you would hear you know 10 you know you know this type of uh, case can give you you know 10 to 20 you know, you may have to serve 20 years, 30 years, et cetera. Not, no, oh, you can serve five, but maybe you can serve 100 as well. You know what I'm saying? So 10 years, granted, justice was, was done the way it was done in that particular case. And no matter what amount of time somebody does for killing somebody that is, is innocent, it won't bring that person back and it probably won't heal the wound either but at least you know that this person is going in jail the fact that she you know honestly i think she may do five shit maybe even less than that you know what i'm saying just depending on on, on good behavior and and the fact that you know she's a cop and you know you know what i'm saying so it's it's rough man it's it's rough because honestly i think she should do more but i'm not a judge and I'm not, I'm not the jurors either. You know what I'm saying? So man, it's 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 a shame that uh, this is the the case where we see a cop going down for a crime like this, and only be served you know ten, possible five, and the brother did nothing wrong at all. He was not violent. He was not charging the cop. He was at home in his own peace, enjoying his his own safety of his of his home. And to get shot by a cop for being being what for being big and black, which is you know ninety nine percent of all cases, and like this, you know it's it's a shame, man. And then you know the whole case of and and I'll stop soon so you can have uh, your piece too, man. But you know the the judge stepping in, you know, to hand her a Bible and give her a hug, like 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 that's that's nasty, man. Like you are a judge you're supposed to be professional you know you know you don't put your feelings feelings into the case you know what i'm saying 
leave that for somebody else. You know, leave it for like her family. But but you as a judge, <coughs> nah, homie, that ain't that ain't the move, man. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, it's wow. There's so much to unpack in this this one trial. It's um, it's a touch on the fact that she only got ten years. It's it's a damn shame. And I, I think there has to be, it probably won't, but I think there should be some kind of way to have a jury um, hear the facts of a case, but not be able to see the person. Because it's, we were, and we were talking about this earlier, sometimes it's racist, blatant racism. Sometimes it's just bias. We as humans are naturally biased to side with people who are most like us, who look like us, who act like us, who talk like us. And I, I was I was giving the example of if I'm a, a white dude who owns a company, if I get, you know, 50 applications and, you know, half of them are black, half of them are white, and all the people are similarly qualified, even if I'm not racist, you're probably going to notice that there's going to be mostly white people who end up working for me because you just tend to, to, you know, prefer people who look like you. And it's the same thing with black people. Black people do it too. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, sometimes it's racism. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's just bias because you're biased toward people who are like you. Just like if you, you know, if you ever had a conversation when you was the only dude with a group full of women, regardless of what color they was, you, if you tell that group of women, your position, and then you tell them the position of your girl, especially if your girl is there, eight out of ten times they sign with your girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things. They they stick together, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it's, you know, it's kind of the same way in other aspects of life, too. I think it's, it's re- retarded that she got ten years and for the act, because I can't see um, a brother going into somebody's house and killing a white let's let's make it let's make it for real what it is let's just flip all the the roles out so let it be a black man going into a white woman's apartment shooting her dead because he quote unquote thought he was in his own place and he felt threatened Mm -hmm. they would put that man underneath the jail he would never get he might get the death penalty he's definitely never getting out of jail and you know in 60 years let alone five you know what I'm saying? But that just goes to show you how far we have to go in this country as far as actual criminal justice. Because right now, mm-hmm. the phrase criminal justice in America is an oxymoron. Like, it doesn't make any sense. They, the two words don't go with each other. It's it's so jacked up. Um, but that being said, I have no issue with the the brother giving her a hug and forgiving her. I have no issue with the judge giving her a Bible because I like to look at it like, okay, so now what if it was a brother that was on trial for killing a white woman? Now, he wouldn't, first of all, like I said earlier, he's getting life in prison, if not the electric chair. That's just a reality of what it is. But I have no problem with, you know, the victim's uh, family hugging the brother. And I hope the judge will hug him too and and give him a Bible. Like, I mean, that's that's rough going to jail. That's 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 rough going to jail. Now that being said, hugging and forgiving, that has nothing to do with justice. Because real talk, 
if you did something heinous to me, I want to see justice served. You know what I'm saying? Could I at one day forgive you for doing something really heinous to me? Maybe, maybe not. But whether I forgive you or whether I don't forgive you has nothing, zero, zilch, nada to do with the fact that you did something, you took a person off of this planet, and because of Mm -hmm. your actions, there's now repercussions for your actions. You need to go to jail for the rest of your life. I don't see what forgiveness has to do, one has to do with the other. Right. People act as if it's an either-or proposition. It's not an either-or proposition. It's an and proposition. It's like, hey, you're forgiven, but also KO has to jail. I don't see why it's, well, okay, well, the brother forgave her, and, you know, the judge gave the lady a Bible, so this must mean that she... No, that has nothing to do with the fact that she got 10 years. The fact that she got 10 years is what's wrong with our criminal justice system, because mm, justice right. isn't blind in this country. But forgiving her or not forgiving her has nothing to do with her sentence, man. So forgiving yeah, her or not yeah. forgiving her, she should be underneath the jail. Just like a brother would be underneath. It's like I would be underneath the jail. Like you would be underneath the jail. Amber Geiger deserves to be underneath the jail, too. Point blank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, bottom line, you know, she she do the crime. She is doing her time. It's just that the amount of time that she's getting again it feels it feels underhanded because you know let let somebody of color black brown whatever you know they're they're doing weight and they get 20 years for being the plug or being the connect you know what i'm saying granted they ain't killing nobody but they are profiting from the drug game but they ain't killing nobody but they get 20 years but then again you get this white police officer who thought she was somewhere else, but she wasn't, kills an innocent black man, gets 10, but more than likely getting five. You know, again, justice in that case is not being served, but that's that's our country. And it's just weird how, you know, each of these states carry their own type of justice, their own type of sentencing for, for these type of crimes, man. And it's a, it's a, a, vicious, a vicious cycle that we're going to keep seeing, you know, so uh, until, and, and it's, it's sad to say, man, but we're going to see this again, somehow, some way being played out, but you know, nine times out of 10, the officers or officer is always going to get acquitted or it's going to be found innocent or no wrongdoing for, you know, uh, fearing for their lives, even though they're the only one with the gun because, you know, black, black brothers seem to be, you know, vicious, even without any weapons, you know what I'm saying? We're the ones that are unarmed, but still we're, we, we are the ones laying underground because, you know, we are, we you know, we are, uh, I guess, feared that's for being, being, being black. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's sad, man. I want to, I want to pivot <laughs> before I get, before I get too mad about the case, but what's even crazier because, you know, we was, we was talking about this earlier, um, the witness against the cop was found dead, you know, uh, shot, not even a week later, you know, f- uh, you know, in, in his apartment. So, you know, uh, uh, speak up on that, man. Fam. So, yeah, so he was shot dead and supposedly initially there was no, um, there was no suspect in the murder of this key witness in the, in the Amber Geiger trial. Right. 
But mm-hmm. um, I want to say a few days later, supposedly there were a few guys who were apprehended, um, you know, by the police saying that uh, these were the people that actually shot the young man. I think it's a bunch of BS, man. I think there's a cover up. I think the Dallas Police Department has something to do with it. I think the timing is just too coincident. Too, nah, not coincidental. Um, just too, it's too much happening at the same time for it to just be happenstance, mm-hmm. man. Like if he, if he had got killed a year later, or if he got killed, you know, six months after the fact, you know, yeah. But it wasn't. It was a week after the trial. I really believe that they were right. evil people on that police force who wanted to, to send a message, man, and, and say, you know, okay, if you go mm-hmm. after one of ours, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to end up like exactly. this, this young man. And all this young man did <sighs> was do the right thing testify. And, and testify, right. you know, and now he's dead. Mm-hmm. So now this is now this is the thing, right? So apparently three guys drove five hours from Louisiana to do a drug deal with with our man here. And apparently it was like a, a weed, a weed deal, whatever. Uh, something went south and a shootout ensued. You know, the, 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 the guy in the apartment, and I'm sorry, I, I'm forgetting the brother's name, but he shot back at the guys that came to his crib. He, sh- he shot one of them. And then, you know, the, the, they, you know, they shot back at him, hit him up. One of the guys that got shot, Jordan sells to the hospital. And that's where he pretty much like confessed what happened. And it's wild because he's, even though he said he didn't shoot at nobody, he was just there to make the drug deal. He's being charged with capital murder. And then when the other two guys do get caught, they're also going to be charged with, with a capital murder. Now, this is my thing. So if this is a cover up from the cops, right? I myself don't want to be charged with capital murder because, you know, capital murder pretty much means like, you know, either you're going away, going away for life or you exactly right. So if I was being paid off by the cops, man, I would like look off uh, uh, officers or or whoever uh, some cops did this, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't me or, you know, I was like paid by the cops, but who knows the truth? You know what I'm saying? I, I think with this, man, it's just the timing of it. Like like you were saying, it wasn't six months from now. It wasn't a year or two from now. It was just a week later after the verdict. And this young brother is found shot in his own crib. Right. So I can understand why people feel as if, you know, like this could be a cover up. This this could be a a conspiracy to like, shut up people that talk or witness against the, the police. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a shame, man, that uh, uh, this whole Amber Geiger case just, just keeps getting more and more uh, interesting in a bad way. Right. But, and the ooh, brother's name brother, was um, Joshua wow. Brown. That's the brother that got killed. Joshua yeah, Brown. Yeah, we go. Joshua Brown. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, uh, condolences, man, uh, you know, to him, well, to, to his family, family yeah. and friends. You know what I'm saying? You know, they 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 lost somebody to again senseless violence from could be from from the cops or you know from from one of our own man, you know, dealing with that BS drug game, you know, but man, it's yeah, man. I, and I hope for the rest of the year we don't get nothing 
nothing more wild than this right here. But you know, me being the pessimist, we might see some more. Man. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath. You know, hoping nothing like you know nothing crazy like this happens again. Unfortunately, that's just that's the country mm -hmm. that we live in. Like it's you know it, we got a lot of work to do. You know what I'm saying? It's funny because um, not to stray too far off topic, but like there was a time where it was like. Um, I was like, dang, would it be better just to, like, leave the country? Because, like, at the end of the day, there's certain people who just don't want black people here. You know what I'm saying? And, like, right. I was thinking about it, but I was like, nah, man, because at the same time, America owes us. You know, we built this country for free. So, mm -hmm. like, like, nah, you're going you're gonna to pay what you owe my great, great, great granddaddy. You know what I'm saying? Who worked your fields. Exactly. For you. You're going to pay. Yeah. So like yeah, so not in paying we're about the loot and riot, but we're gonna pay. Mm -hmm. I mean that you're gonna pay in that you know, I'm gonna get educated on finance and you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna own properties. I'm gonna right. make sure my kids have it better than I had. And not only are they gonna have the knowledge, you know, of everything that I know and all the knowledge that I've amassed, they're gonna have um, financial literacy from a young age. So before they even get college mm -hmm. age. They're going to know about credit and business and networking and all of that good stuff. The stuff I didn't have coming up, you know what I'm saying? Stuff I didn't acquire until I was an adult. So, nah, nah, this country owes, owes my people. Um, oh, yeah. So to switch yeah. it up a little bit, on a little, on a lighter yeah, tone, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? To lighten up, yeah. lighten up the pot a little yeah, bit. Uh, okay. So <laughs> there's an interesting, <laughs> there's an interesting beef going on right now with, Dame Lillard, who's a current point guard for the um, the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA, and retired Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal. Now, if you guys don't remember, or if you're just too young to know, Shaq back in the day, on top of breaking backboards, it was also you know spitting spitting some some hot fire. You know what I'm saying? In the early '90s, Shaq had a couple of platinum albums to come out. Um, you know, so he kind of he does thing on the microphone. So. Back in early September, Dame Lillard, who also raps, uh, is pretty nice, by the way, too. He was on the Joe Button podcast, and Joe asked him the question, who is the best, who's a better rapper, yourself or Shaquille O'Neal? You know, because Joe Button likes to stir up the pot. And Dame being Dame was like, you know what? I mean, Shaq did his thing, you know, more so back in the day, but I'm a better rapper now. Shaq heard the comments. Came out with a diss track against Dame. Dame will have a net because Dame is hip hop. Dame came back with a, another right. diss track. And then I want to say Dame dropped two diss tracks to Shaq. And then on last week, Shaq responded. So it's been a total of four, four diss songs. Mm -hmm. Gee, first, have you heard the songs yet? Have you heard all four of the songs? Yo, before we started the podcast, um, I played on that once more. Okay. You know, just just, just so it could be fresh in my mind. Okay. And yo, <laughs> this is this is one of the the, the funniest beats that I, <laughs> that I ever heard of, man. Road talk. Yeah. I mean, for one, you know, we get rappers that that beef, but they don't beef directly. You know, it's always subliminal some, shots. Some right. Yeah. Subliminal shots, or you know, but. The few times where where we do get the uh, where we do get the uh, <laughs> the rappers that do beef 
with each other. You know, it's mm-hmm. about, you know, mm-hmm. gun talk, you know, this, that, whatever. But we get two, <laughs> two basketball players, man, <laughs> giving us some really dope bars, some really wordy lines, some triple, double entendres. And, and dog, like, yo, I'm here for it, man. And, and yo, who would have thought that Shaq being, well, almost 50 or right at 50, Still got them bars, man, which goes to show Shaq. I don't care what, what you think about Shaq. Like, he has so many hats, man, but Shaq is still hip-hop to the bone gris. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but I ain't gonna lie, man. Like, like to me, if I had to rank the freestyles right, I, I, won't, I won't even say who won. But on, like, a, a pure entertainment factor, I want to say Shaq second this. It's probably my favorite because it's just so entertaining. Dame's, oof, I think Dame will fit like number two and three easy, and then Shaq's first this would be like be like number four because Dame is just so he's so slick with it. You, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's, it's almost as uh, as confident as like a, a fabulous slash Jay Z rap together. You know what I'm saying? But but Shaq. He doesn't say a whole lot within a bar, but but what he says and how he says it is just more entertaining. You know what I'm saying? He's more he's more boisterous. Like he knows how to use his his voice cuts the track. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and and man, like like yo, I never knew I needed this, but this is this this is funny, man, and, and really entertaining. Bro, talk. Yo, you sound like the dude that, uh, like, you know what I'm saying, want a virgin who's had sex before but has never had great sex. So he didn't know what he was missing. He was just doing it, what he was doing. It. And then it's like he meets a girl and she oh, just really? blows. He met one of them, quote, unquote, old freaks that just like, oh, <laughs> it's no, like blows no, his no. mind and just like, I didn't know I needed this. <laughs> I didn't know I needed this. Fam, listen, let me tell you something. Bit Shaquille O'Neal stepping up to the microphone, you know, doing what we had to do, you know, back in the day. Me, Kobe, uh, the better than LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. Shaquille O'Neal, big Aristotle. Listen, like the dude shot brought it. But, okay, so, this, okay, I'm going to break it down like this, right? So, Dane, let's just, okay. let's just, Dane Lillard is a better rapper than Shaquille O'Neal. He's just better. Course, Lyrically, yeah. he's better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it, yeah. it's like one of those things where, like, I will compare it to the Meek Mill and and uh, Drake thing. Now, I don't think that Meek right. Mill is a better rapper than Drake. You know what I'm saying? I think Drake is actually a better rapper than Meek Mill, even though Meek Mill ain't a, ain't a slouch. Meek Mill can rap, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you got one guy who has so much going for him, and it's like, mm-hmm. how do you diss somebody who has – accomplished so much more in the same arena that you're in. Shaquille O'Neal right. has five NBA championships. Shaquille O'Neal is worth over half a billion dollars. Um, Shaquille O'Neal has two platinum albums. So it's like the two main worlds that Dame wants to inhabit, the NBA and you know the music world, Shaq has already done things that put him at the pinnacle of both. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody ever considered him, you know, the greatest, you know, rapper. You know what I'm saying? It was more or less like, okay, this is Shaquille O'Neal. He's a famous basketball player. And, you know, he can spit a little bit, too. So, hey, he makes fun music. Let's go buy his, his album. 
end of the day, right. he got two platinum albums, man. Like that's you ha- you can't do anything but respect that fact. Even if some people just bought the albums because more or less, you know, it's entertaining because you know Shaq rapping. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. still got the two platinum albums, so he's got the success in the musical arena. But then to move over to the NBA, <laughs> five championships. Maybe like twelve or thirteen All Star appearances. He's already in the Hall of Fame. It's like I gotta give Dame credit for being able to diss him, even though it, it's kind of hard. It's like, what are you gonna say? Like, oh, nigga, you seven feet tall. Like, what? <laughs> I think it takes more creativity to be able to diss somebody who has so much going for them. You know what I'm saying? So which he did. He, he did, and I, did. I, I get. I, that's why yeah. I'm giving it. I give it to Dame because, like, it's. Even though I would say Shaq's last diss where he used that um, what was that? Was that that um that old Diddy joint? When the sun don't forever. shine forever. Yeah, yeah. As long as we're here, we might as well uh, shine together. Some, some. Yeah, that's what that's now what it was. What was the name of it? Victory. Was that Victory? Victory. Yeah, yeah. That was my joint back in the nineties. But Victory two thousand one or something. Yeah, like that. that was off of um, yeah. Diddy first album, his first solo album, man. But so I, I give I would say that was the most that was the back to back of this this rap beat like back to back was such a, a hit even though it's like it's a diss song but it's a song you can play in the club too and get people hyped too right I would say that this right. is the closest thing we have to that in this rap beef but overall I'm giving it to Dame <laughs> because Dame to me uh-huh. had a harder assignment trying to diss Shaquille O'Neal it's like. I don't I don't give okay, so to go back some years to, to Meek Mill and Drake Beef, I don't completely give Meek Mill um a pass or take what? What was it, like a month it took him to respond? Something like that? Mm-hmm. I no, right. it shouldn't take you that exactly. long. I'll give you a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get on your bars, do your thing, come back with a response. But like what can you really say against Drake though, for real? Because okay, the dude never claimed to be gangster. The dude got I mean, look at his hit list of women, fine women he done been with, fine famous women. The nigga's making like $80 million a year off touring and record sales. Like, what? Like, all you can say is, oh, you, you probably had a ghostwriter for some of your songs. But go back to his early stuff. We, he didn't have he didn't have a ghostwriter. It still was cold. Like, he can rap. He can sing a little. It's like, it's it's not impossible to do. Because, you know, see, Pusha T did it. But, I mean, I think the biggest thing with that, it was, like, him revealing that, that Drake had a son. But, like, it, it is, it's a—it's kind of hard to roast somebody that's nearly unroastable. So that's why I'm giving Dame. I think Shaq is nearly unroastable. I think you could say, you know, a nigga cross-eyed or something. But other than that, it's like it really ain't much you can say about Shaquille O'Neal. So I, I'm, I'm giving the overall battle. I'm giving it to Dame Lillard. What about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a... Uh... I'm biased towards the, the the rappers that can really rap, but I, I'm still giving it edge to Dame because when you when you break down his bars like a like like a like a genius does, you know what I'm saying? He's saying some really dope. He's giving you some really dope bars up in there, but again, man, it, it's it's not by that much just because once again, Shaq knows how to entertain. He's going to give you some, you know, some words, but it's how he says it, which cuts through and make it like, like, damn, Shaq, I ain't know. And and then also, man, just the fact that Shaq is old now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shaq is old, and and 
he is still able to do this. Like, like, yo, that's way impressive. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is really impressive for for Shaq to still be able at this level, still entertain and, and still rap at the same time, man. So, yo, I gotta give it up, man, to to, to these two guys, <laughs> giving us a nice little, you know, a nice little rap beef when. You know, most rap beats are a subpar and, you know, people don't, people are not direct anymore. They want to talk about somebody, but not really at them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so yo, give it up to uh, 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 Dame and Shaq for, for, you know, giving us rap fans a little bit of, you know, dope beef raps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shout out to the old freak who made many brothers realize I didn't need, I didn't know I needed <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I needed that. I didn't that. know I needed that. I didn't know. Yo, okay, <laughs> I would say the, before we the leave name, the, uh, the Dame uh, Shaq feud, because uh, uh, I had, I actually hadn't seen the Joe Budden interview that had Damian Lillard on it until right. today. And another topic um, that they talked about was <clears throat> the NBA and how basically the NBA in their last collective bargaining agreement, the league with the players, mm -hmm in an effort to try to keep stars with their current team rather than them, uh, the, the stars leaving in free agency, they put in what's called the Supermax contract. And a super, long story short, the Supermax contract just means that if you've been in the league enough years, your current team can offer you more money than you would get if you were to go to another team in free agency. So, Dame Lillard, he just recently signed his Supermax deal to stay with the Portland Trailblazers. And mm. he, um, okay. I think he signed for something like 200, uh, yeah, I know, right? Like 220 million. That's how much he, he could get if he stayed with Portland. If he had went to another team, the most he could have got was like 160 million. And uh, right. Dame Lillard brought up the point, you have a lot of players who will go to another team, leave their original team, and go and chase a championship. And at the end of the right. day, when you're 40, 50 years old and you're retired, you left $60 million on the table. You know what I'm saying? Just so you can mm -hmm. go chase a championship. And Dame was more or less like, that's dumb as hell. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, no, like, Make as much money as possible because if they're paying you two hundred million, that means you're making them a billion. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah. I think it's crazy that sports have such a such a place within American culture, and the athletes want that championship so bad that they'll be willing to leave that much money on the table just in order mm -hmm. to compete for yeah. a championship. It's something that I yeah. I couldn't see it fully until I was an adult adult. Like I'm 35 now. Like I see it now to me. That's, that's insane to do when I was, you know, coming up in my teens and early twenties, it's just something that you saw athletes do, you know, try to chase a championship, take less money to be on the championship team, but it never hit me. Like right. it's hitting me now. Like that's money. You know what I'm saying? It's like rich. Exactly. Yeah. Rich ain't just rich, you know what I'm saying? It's levels to rich. So it's one thing to have 150 mm -hmm. million. It's completely different to have 300 million, man. It's it's not the same. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So let me yeah. ask you this: Do you think that you could leave money on the table in order to get to whatever the pinnacle was of your of your uh, your field? <sighs> do you think that you could do that? So like, I'm not I'm not even just gonna leave it as sports. I'm gonna expand it to any 
top award in any field. So if you're going to be a doctor, you right. know, maybe a Nobel Peace Prize for like health or whatever. If you're a scientist, the Nobel Peace Prize, <laughs> the Nobel Peace Prize for so much stuff, uh, you know, That's whatever it is in your field, <laughs> would you be willing to uh, forego millions of dollars in order to get that award, the accolade in your field? Mm. It depends, man. Like, like for example, for a podcast, right? Okay. It's kind of like if we were offered X amount of money to join, to to you know, to to stay with one particular company, like let's say Spotify or Apple or Title, right. and let's say they're giving us, you know, hey, we're going to offer y'all, uh, let's say like two million dollars, okay, right. To, to come join our team, but that's it. All you get is two million for X amount of years. And you know, we have like control over your podcast versus, you know, I think I think with me, I would want to negotiate for like a, a long term, a, a long term option. Granted, the money up front is great, you know what I'm saying? But kind of like, you know, kind of like you know, with with the players, you know, I want to go for greatness and I want to play the long game. You know what I'm saying? I want to know what what could we get if we you know retain still ownership of what of what we do over a longer period of time. You know, can we get back some royalties versus just getting the money up front and that's it? That's how I look at it. Like, what can I get on the back end if I take less money up front? You know what I'm saying? Right. And matter of fact, <laughs> it's wild because uh, you remember Jason, Jason Weaver? Weaver, right? Yep. So remember, <laughs> he was he was the uh, he uh, he sung the songs for Simba in the original animated movie Lion King, right? So Disney offered him two million dollars up front. That's it for for him to do that, right? But his mother was like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Let's calm down." Now Disney, you know, make a billion dollar company. You know that they're going to license the hell out of Lion King, which they did. From toys, storybooks, lunchboxes, whatever. She had the foresight, and it was and they was lucky enough to negotiate with Disney to take you know uh, half of what he was going to get. I think it was like a hundred thousand, right, for him to sing, but get royalties off the movie. And, and and since then, he has already made back more than two million dollars of what he got, of what he was going to get up front. Because Disney made so much more money after the movie came out just from merch and, and from and from licensing. So that's how I look at it, man. I'm looking at it long term. Basketball wise, you know, I can see why players, you know, may may take less money for that chip. Because think about it. If you were on a, a, a championship team and if you was a big part of, of the reason why you got that chip, think about it. Your stock increases. So now you can go to a different team and get more money than staying on the current team who just won a championship. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay, so it's, it's give and take to it. It's a give and take to it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's always a, a question of opportunity cost, man, because I wonder... So I was listening to that same interview that you were listening to with Jason Weaver. It was a Vlad TV interview. And he was like, you know, mm -hmm. the mother turned down the $2 million, took $100,000 now, and then you'll get royalties. I would have to see how much he made off of those royalties. How much more than two million dollars is it? Because if it was just say three million, then it, it probably really isn't worth it. Because 
you could take that two million and invest it right. And you're talking about that was over mm-hmm. twenty five years ago. You would have more than three million dollars yeah, if you invested it right. Right. But then again, but you could have invested it and invested in the wrong shit and like have no money. So either right. like you know, yeah. it speaks to being smart. So shout out to moms yeah. out there that's making good decisions exactly. for their sons. Yeah. Um, and the fact that and the fact that now he still gets a check for doing that to this day, true. dude. Give me the long money, man. Real talk. Right. No doubt. Well, I think that's a good place to bring this pod to. And we want to thank everybody for listening to this Geek Salad podcast number. What is this podcast number eight? It's the eighth right, one. Right. Yo, we done already did eight, that's right. man. Like it's, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm like beside myself with gratitude for everybody that has listened to us over these past eight episodes. Keep rocking with us. We just gonna keep getting better and better. For Geek Salad, my name is Christopher Oye Quest. And that's the homie G. G, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Thank (laughs) y'all again for listening. We'll check y'all out next week. Peace. Peace.